I'm Ball State President Jeff Mearns. It's been a very good year for Ball State and for the city of Muncie. On this best of edition of Cardinal Compass, we'll reflect on our previous conversations from the promotion of inclusive excellence on our campus, to how Ball State is contributing to the community through immersive learning, to how our partnership with our local YMCA benefits our community. All that and more now on Cardinal Compass, Campus and Community Conversations. From the campus of Ball State University on Ball State PBS and Indiana Public Radio, this is Cardinal Compass, Campus and Community Conversations. At Ball State University, we welcome you as a learning partner from day one. Our students bring creativity and determination to each aspect of the learning experience, from the classroom to the community. At Ball State, we help students turn an emerging passion into an enduring purpose. Our beautiful campus, welcoming environment, immersive learning, and collaborative culture provide the ideal place for you to pursue your journey to a fulfilling career and a meaningful life. We fly. Are you ready to fly? Hello and welcome to Cardinal Compass. I'm Dimitri Napoleon. And I'm Lauren Weinman. On this edition of Cardinal Compass, we look back at the best episodes from this academic year. Let's start off our best of show by looking at immersive learning, one of Ball State's most impactful initiatives. To see what the students have provided back to the community, Grace McCormick shows us what she captured. There's one thing a Spanish language elementary school program, inclusive urban design projects, and rebranding local businesses all have in common. They each started as immersive learning classes at Ball State. Director of Immersive Learning Suzanne Plesha says these classes require problem solving and a lot of teamwork. Immersive learning really fits into almost any discipline. It's, it's kind of surprising to see urban planning students help uh, neighborhoods to um, create plans for um, you know, better security, better quality of life better entertainment opportunities. Fifth-year architecture and geography student Stephanie Gates has participated in seven immersive learning projects over her college career. Gates says the real-world projects she's worked on have empowered her to help solve community problems while still having a support system behind her. It's kind of nice because you have the guidance of your professors with you and it's like being thrown into the deep end with floaties. While Gates has worked mostly on immersive architecture projects, Plesha says nearly every Ball State department has immersive opportunities. She says immersive learning projects give students and faculty the opportunity to address local challenges. If you can apply your disciplinary knowledge to, to solve real-world problems, chances are you can come up with an immersive learning class that will be really beneficial to students. Not only does immersive learning benefit the community, but Plesha says it also helps students establish communication skills and adaptability for their future careers. To learn more about immersive learning projects, Plesha says students should talk to their academic advisors or go online to the Immersive Learning website. Grace McCormick, Cardinal Compass. Joining us now is Jennifer Blackmer, the director of the Virginia Ball Center for Creative Inquiry. Jennifer, can you explain what you do at the Virginia Ball Center and what it is? Of course, Lauren. Hi, thanks for having me here today. Absolutely, I'm happy you're here. The Virginia Ball Center actually just celebrated our 20th anniversary two years ago. So we have been in existence for 22 years. Okay. And the Virginia Ball Center is uh, known as the birthplace of immersive learning. And it was actually through the generosity of Virginia Ball herself that the program got started. And uh, 20 years ago, 22-ish years ago, the, the, the mood in higher ed was to try and figure out innovative ways of putting the students in charge of their learning. 
And when Virginia came to the university at the time, she was very excited about underwriting a program. They had asked her for a building or something on campus, and she's like, no, I really want to create something that will influence students directly. And so she worked with my predecessor, Dr. Joe Trimmer, mm -hmm. and then Provost Warren Vanderhill to create a new form of classroom-based learning, really. And it was piloted out at the Virginia Ball Center. We did some very large-scale immersive learning projects. And then about 12 years ago, 12, 14 years ago, they decided to see how they could take that work, which was student-driven projects with community connections, and scale it across campus. So that is how immersive learning as a concept here at Ball State began. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing. And I, for one, was very interested in that because I had no idea what the Virginia Ball Center was about. And with that being said, uh, you said 22-ish years ago, so 2000. Uh -huh. yes. um, since then, how much has the center grown? It has, it has grown and evolved. And that's one of the great things about the work that happens out there is we, uh, we invited faculty from all over campus to come out and really do some innovative work, some amazing projects, and they were very large scale, right? Part of the Virginia Ball Center structure is that the grant funding allows us to uh, basically buy out a faculty member for a semester. And what that means <laughs> okay. is that all they do is come and hang out at the center with a cohort of students and do a project, right? And something that intense is kind of difficult to scale all over campus, right? And every department <laughs> sure. certainly can't afford to do that. So over the years, as the concept of immersive learning is this sort of student-driven practice mm -hmm. moved into the departments, the Virginia Ball Center began to think about ways that we could use our resources to evolve with what students are asking for. And uh, right now, we're in the process. Uh, two years ago, right before uh, the world shut down, <laughs> we began working on a new uh, five-year grant that was given to us by Virginia's foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, she passed away in 2006, but her foundation, the Edmund and Virginia Ball Foundation, has been funding our work since. And um, we are investigating what we call transdisciplinarity, okay. right? And it's, as you know, as students here at Ball State, and President Mearns and I have discussed this a lot, you know, how do you contextualize the, the classes that you're taking and the experiences that you're having outside of your majors, right? What does that have to do with your plan of study? And so we're investigating that now. And in terms of how the center has evolved, we're looking for ways to introduce more students across campus to what it means to think in a transdisciplinary way. Yeah, so we're, we're offering the second of a pilot core curriculum class this semester. It's team taught by three phenomenal faculty members, Dr. Beth Messner from Communication Studies, Dr. Jane Bielke from Educational Studies, and Andre Garner, Professor Andre Garner from the Department of Theater and Dance. And they're teaching a core class for a group of 90 students from all over, all majors, um, on the art of storytelling. It's storytelling across cultures and disciplines. And they're looking at where their three fields, education, mm -hmm. communication, theory, and art intersect. Speaking about those different kinds of projects, how is it decided what kinds of projects students are going to be working on when they enroll in the course, and how are they set up? 
Yeah. Well, I'm going to turn it over to Professor Blackburn, but because we said this is what students want, yeah. much of it is driven by the interests of the students under the yes. guidance of faculty. And Jen, you can share more. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the, our faculty members will, will come <laughs> to us at the Virginia Ball Center as well as the Office of Immersive Learning, which I, I used to direct before we started um, thinking about, you know, how do we solve the transdisciplinary problem? Mm -hmm. And our faculty members are so innovative. They're just so innovative because mm -hmm. most of the project ideas will come from them as ways of tying their interests, their research in with their teaching in a very fundamental way, right? So mm -hmm. as President Mern said, our students crave experiences. And so with the faculty member and the students working together, oftentimes our faculty will come to us with very innovative ideas for immersive learning classes. Yeah, and if I can build on that, you know, Absolutely. one of the things <laughs> that we say to prospective students is that at Ball State, one of the things that's distinctive is our faculty see themselves as learning partners with our students. And this is a perfect example. You take the expertise and interests of a faculty, the interests and curiosity of the students, they engage in a conversation and together they develop a project that will be part of that, well, that will be the focus of that immersive learning they, course. Uh, first of all, when a faculty member will do an immersive learning project for the first time, oftentimes they're really nervous. Mm -hmm. And um, I've, I've told faculty members in my, in my years of, of working in this, in this way is to say it's perfectly okay to begin a project by saying, I don't know. I don't know, but we're going to find out together, right? Faculty members have had great response to immersive learning. So thank you, Vincent, for that interview. Not only has Ball State made efforts in creating an immersive learning experience for students, but they've also made strides in creating an inclusive campus experience for all students, promoting a new diversity and inclusion plan. Jasmine Shears has more. Manaya Adams, now a senior at Ball State, is majoring in pre-med biology. Being the first in her family, college was something on the forefront of her mind. Breaking the cycle and getting an education for herself was one of the main reasons why she chose Ball State as her home. My mom didn't go to school, my father didn't go to school, so it was pretty much up to me to be the one to break those cycles in our family. Although the university has done a great job in pushing certain ideas and ensuring that the topic of diversity and inclusion is widespread, Manaya still says that there is more work to be done. Like Ball State still has work to do with like diversity and things of that nature. And work is exactly what Ball State University is doing. With their new strategic plan for diversity and inclusion, we can better see the vision for the future. To better understand what more has been done over the years, we spoke with Provost Susanna Rivera-Mills. The past few years, I think that we have done a really great job of diversifying our student body and making sure that when we recruit students to come here that we do have diversity in mind. Diversity, a concept that for students as well as faculty, means feeling welcomed, seen, heard, and embraced. All things that make the Ball State community all the more special. By just being in an area, in a place where you're comfortable and you're welcomed. Jasmine Cheers, Cardinal Compass. Joining us and President Mearns is the Assistant Vice President of Inclusive Excellence, Marsha McGriff. Oh, Marsha, the Inclusive Excellence Strategic Plan is a new initiative. How does it benefit students and how can students get more involved? Oh, absolutely. At the heart of what we do is to serve and support our students. And any opportunity to put some intentionality around building um, strategy and implementation steps to um, make our campus more inclusive, safe, brave, and like uh, our students belong is really, a, a, um, it's, it's what we strive to do every single day. It's what keeps us up at night. It's what, it's exactly what we are hired to do and it's something that I think is incredibly important as our world becomes more and more 
diverse. And Marcia, it's your duty to oversee excellence on uh, inclusive excellence on campus. What are some strides you've taken to support LGBTQ plus students on campus? I am incredibly proud of our work um, with the LGBTQ community. So I'll, I'll kind of go meta level and then we'll get specific. Um, we have uh, been a sponsor for the last two years of the new Muncie Pride and also Indie Pride. Um, in fact, we were a scholarship uh, donor for a Muncie Pride. So we are incredibly proud of that work. And we have started our new LGBTQIA plus faculty and staff affinity group. Um, and so it's called Ball Pride. And so that is coming out of our office as well. And so we are incredibly um, uh, proud of, not just proud, but just we know that that was, uh, these were steps that needed to be take, taken for our campus. And uh, it's a, uh, I don't know, it's just a strategy that you know, dovetails really nicely with the Inclusive Excellence Plan. And I think that some of the things that you're seeing on your banner and in Canvas around your personal pronouns, around call me by my name, all of those are part of those initiatives to serve and support intentionally the LGBTQIA community here at Ball State. So where do students in the LGBTQ fall into new Inclusive Excellence programming? But actually, part of it is building the systems, policies, and procedures that support and ensure that uh, there's inclusion. So uh, I mentioned the personal pronouns. Um, it really is, um, a, I don't know, if, so if someone recognizes you for who you know yourself to be, that's one step, right? Those are those policy systems and infrastructure that are so very important. And not only that, but training and developing and educating our entire campus on these important issues is part of that, building that space for inclusion, that space for belonging. And I like to flip the word belonging into mattering. And so um, from my policy and, and strategic perspective, those were part of the infrastructures that we needed to put into place so that we can honor, support, and respect the LGBTQIA community as a whole at Ball State. And Ball State not only has a commitment to students, but an external commitment to the community. What are some ways that the university has impacted the community? Well, I, well I'll start and then I'm going to hand it off to Marcia to talk about some of the work that she and others on our campus have done in the community over the last maybe 16, 18 months. But so that commitment to the community has been manifested in many ways, whether it's in our partnership with the Muncie Community Schools, whether it's our activity to support economic development downtown, our opportunity to work closely with businesses in the area to ensure that all people in the community have opportunities to get employment here at Ball State University or to get contracts to help us with things like construction and designing our buildings. We're taking a much more inclusive approach to both employment and contracting relationships. But since the murder of George Floyd back in uh, May of 2020, uh, there was a movement here in Muncie. Of course, there was a a protest march that was organized by our students. So I think it was one of the largest protest marches here in the history of, uh, of, of Muncie. And it brought into clearer relief for us the role that we should play not just on campus but in the community. And the community formed a group and Marcia and Roanne Royer Engel have been very involved in it. So maybe I'll let Marcia speak to, to that work because I'm so proud of the work that they've been doing throughout the community, including with the law enforcement community, Absolutely. which is an important element of ensuring that everyone feels safe on campus and safe out in the community. And actually, uh, thank you, President Mearns. Uh, I, uh, I don't think everybody knows, but Ball State was a part of the educational development for our law enforcement in Delaware County. 
We've provided implicit bias, uh, multicultural uh, training, um, competencies, de-escalation and uh, mediation training to our law enforcement in the entire county. That includes Muncie Police, that includes Yorktown, that includes the Sheriff's Department. And so we are um, a brain trust. And you know, it was important for us to bring that brain trust to the community of Muncie to build up capacity in these incredibly important issues around diversity, equity, and inclusion, not only for our campus, but for our entire community. Education is the key, and it was wonderful to be a partner with our law enforcement in that endeavor. President Merz, where do we as a community need to go in order to make strides towards inclusivity? Well, so we have an inclusive excellence plan, and Marsha has been involved in helping us formulate that plan, but we received input from faculty, staff, and we now have a very active student advisory group in terms of inclusive excellence. So we're continuing to implement that plan. One of the elements of that plan will be a campus climate survey. So we're gonna spend this fall um, helping people in the campus understand what that survey is all about so that when we conduct that survey in the spring, we'll get meaningful information that we can use then to continue to enhance our plan. And maybe Marcia, you wanna talk a little bit about uh, when that survey is coming and what we intend to do with the information we get. Absolutely, and so we're gonna kick off with a um, We Soar, Building a Culture of Inclusive Excellence, um, kick off next Tuesday, um, the 14th, I believe. And so it's gonna be uh, dialogues from about 11 to three. So what we're, we're looking at is hashtag be heard BSU. So we're gonna be in the shadow of beneficence, thank you President Mertz for that beautiful imagery, um, where we're going to really look at, lean into our values. We're gonna lean into what makes Ball State so special. And I, I talk about this a little bit, you know, that's why I chose to come here. Um, it's rare to find a public university that has such a strong uh, ethos and value system. And I think it's important to lean into those values as we seek to learn more about our culture and our climate which will be in the spring, uh, survey in the spring. So be on the lookout. There'll be a culture and climate uh, emails and communications coming and we want everyone to take that time to tell us about their experience uh, at Ball State. So hashtag be heard BSU. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, Marsha. We appreciate your insight. What a collective brain trust Ball State has with Delaware County law enforcement. Thank you, Hannah and Joey for the insightful interview. With constant advancements within the campus community, there's been improvements across the city. The Muncie community in Ball State took on a partnership to bring a whole new YMCA in hopes to strengthen the relationship with Muncie schools and greater Muncie area. With more information, Sam Scheib and Logan Salzbrenner talk to Chad Zoucha. Joining us now is Chad Zoucha, the president and CEO of the Muncie YMCA. Chad, tell us what factors led to choosing the location for the new YMCA. Sure, over the past three or four years, we've collected a considerable amount of data to inform decision making. And one of the things that we did was a, a, a marketing and membership study. And what that study told us was that uh, if we're gonna locate a new YMCA, it needs to be in the heart of community, in the downtown core, and assist with economic development, quality of place, quality of life, um, in that area, in that region, to help strengthen um, our community as a whole. Uh, and we know in that location, people feel comfortable gathering there. Uh, from all walks of life, from all areas of the community, therefore allowing us to serve more people in that location than we can with multiple locations spread throughout the community. And with this new location, how does it plan to strengthen the partnership with Muncie Schools? Absolutely, I think you know, you're probably aware that we have a deep meaningful partnership with Muncie Community Schools currently. We provide before and after school programs through five of the six elementary schools and the school corporation. 
And the focus there is really around third grade reading and math. And we are working with Muncie schools in that realm from a cradle to career pathway. And by locating a new YMCA on Muncie Central's campus, that essentially allows us to have a continuum of youth development services on one campus. This new YMCA promises resources and support for families. What will that look like? Well, right now we serve people from birth to infinity. <laughs> so a lot does not change in that aspect. It just allows us to do it more efficient and more effective um, in a spot where people feel comfortable gathering the community. We hope this is a third place, if you will, uh, where people come together, um, Muncie's front porch or uh, Muncie's living room where we can bring people from all walks of life together uh, and, as you mentioned, cre create that sense of unity and togetherness for our community. What sorts of resources are available to families at the moment? Well, as I mentioned, you know, we kind of serve that gamut, you know, that, that range from, from birth to affinity. So I think we hope that there's, there's something for everyone. Um, and there's power to partnership. Um, so in this instance, you know, I think we always had that gap where, you know, we're really good at serving kids from birth to 12 years old, 13 years old. But when they hit the teen years, we have a gap there. Um, and I think that the location provides us an opportunity to serve that demographic, that age demographic, um, better than we've ever had in the past. And, you know, if you look at an opportunity to prepare youth to be productive citizens in the future, whether that's through civic engagement or youth in government programs, or why not have high school students, their first job, their first experience be at the YMCA, whether that's in customer service or as a lifeguard providing safety around water uh, or a number of different areas around youth development or mentorship programs. Thank you for that wonderful conversation, Logan and Sam. But as you can see, this year brought many amazing stories. It was most definitely hard to pick the best of the best. With that being said, it was an honor to bring you all this year's Cardinal Compass Campus and Community Conversations. Until next time, I'm Lauren Weinman. And I'm Dimitri Napoleon. Have a great summer. At Ball State University, our promise is simple, to empower the success of our students. Our students benefit from immersive learning, innovative academic programs, and state-of-the-art facilities. Ball State offers a distinctive yet affordable educational experience and the ideal environment to prepare for a fulfilling career and a meaningful life. We inspire Cardinals to transform their communities, to revolutionize their industries, and to make a difference. We fly. Are you ready to fly? Cardinal Compass was produced at Ball State University by students at the College of Communication, Information, and Media at the studios of University Media Services. Cardinal Compass was produced by Jet Swigel. Special thanks to Sean Ashcraft for production assistance, the Department of Telecommunications, University Media Services, Ball State Marketing and Communications, and the Digital Corps.